0: You know, I love, I, I really appreciate, you can go on back, sweetie. Go ahead, buddy. I really appreciate our teachers and our Sunday school teachers. Huh? Yeah, I see that. What is that? Oh, it's, there it is. It's a pin, isn't it? All right, I'll take care of that. I wouldn't want to poke myself. Thanks for pointing that out. Praise God. What? Friday, Care Neck Pregnancy Center, fundraiser, Wesleyan Church in the Sioux. Yep, 6.30 p.m. Friday. Okay, got that? Alrighty, praise God. Alright, we've been talking about vision. I'm going to talk a little bit about vision, more vision today. Next week, I already know what God wants to do. I'm going to talk about now, the vision and we're talking about making him known and I'm going to help. There's seven keys. Now, I've mentioned this before here, but I'm going to really bring it home next Sunday. There's seven keys that God has shown me. Now, you may have a different seven keys. of, of Effective, I believe, effective evangelism. And there's seven keys. That it's, it's, very, it's very easy to do. It's very practical. And, and I'm going to bring all that out. Now, I want to make a distinction. There's a difference between evangelism and discipleship. Okay. Winning them to the Lord is great, but discipling them, that's another step, another level. That goes a little bit deeper, and I'm not talking about that. We've talked about that a lot, but I want to talk about evangelism because so many people think, well, I can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. Anyway, I want to talk a little bit about vision today. And and I'm going to go and start again with what I talked about in Habakkuk 2, and it says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an in time, but in the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. God gives church a vision, but He gives men vision as well, of what God wants you to do, or women, men when I say men, I mean mankind, okay, um, vision, but in order to fulfill the vision that God has, it's going to take faith. And there's, it's going to take a word that you're not going to like to hear, and I hate patience. And it's going to take courage. To fulfill what God wants to do, it's going to take those three things. Now, we've talked about the vision here, know Him and make Him known. That's a regional vision. I believe when God gives a church a vision, a corporate vision, it's a framework. It's a framework. And then as people come the vision that people have maybe in their heart will fit within the framework of the vision of what God's trying to do in this region. So um, you don't know. I won't say the vision is is fluid. We have a vision. We want to make God known. And how do you make Him known? I want to tell you that I am all, I believe that part of the vision here is missions, evangelism, locally, regionally, statewide, internationally. I believe that's part of what, what God's done. Or wants to do here with us. So there's some things. That's just not all of it. But I also believe that, that we are to do Christian events, speakers, conferences, concerts. All things Christian, we can be a part of. Now there's some things that may not be part of the vision. Because, because one thing, when people come to me, <clears throat> I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but people come to me and say, Hey, you know what? Pastor, I got this great idea that you can do thank you very much I'm not busy trying to fulfill the vision God's given me in my call but but I've got some other things that you can do and here's the thing immediately when people come to me with that and I'm not saying it's a bad thing but immediately I have to do what all of us have to do I've got to count the cost first thing I have to look to is financially can we do this is it going to take finances then is it sustainable? Is it something that is supposed to be sustained or is it a one time thing and then we move on? Is it sustainable? And do we have that person that can take that's called to it, anointed to do it, to take it and fulfill it because there is nothing worse than starting something and bang, it gets done because it's a black eye to God. God told me to do this and then it falls off the cliff. Well, where was God in that? So I'm not saying that we can't do those things, but I just want you to know that's kind of how my mind works. I look at the big picture and say, okay, is this sustainable? And is it for now or is it for not yet? So many people come and say, this is what we need to do. They see this thing and I say, I see it. But it's just not yet. We're not there yet. There are some things that we are going to do here in the very near future. Life groups. We're going to get those things cranked up. Um, We are going to have some I don't know Christian. Let me call it biblical Christian foundation classes. There's 13 of them, okay? And I mean it's it's basic foundation, but it's where we need to be. Um, there's a lot of Christians that come to churches that don't know some of the just the very basic stuff, and so that's not something I came up with. We borrowed it um, from a guy named a pastor Billy Falling. Um, who was Dr. Barkley's pastor when Bar- Dr. Barkley got saved and put this thing together, and it's really good. Very foundational. Um, take the Bible out. Here's the question. Here are the Scripture verses. We'll see it, and you write it in. Very foundational. But those are some things that are knowing Him, because we've got to know Him. So what does that have to do with vision? It has to do a lot with vision. Now, I want to g- jump back into Genesis, and I'm going to talk about a guy named Joseph today and about vision. Now... Joseph in Genesis, let me Genesis 37, 3. I'm just gonna set a little bit of a stage. It says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. So I don't know if you've got children and you got more than one children, they're always saying, Well, you love them more than me. They're your favorite. You know? So you get this little sibling rivalry thing going on. But there was no doubt that this. Was, he was, he's my favorite. I'm giving you this coat of many colors. He's my favorite son. Now, can you imagine? Now, let me, let me go on before I get ahead of myself. Genesis 37, 7. So they're in the field and they're binding sheaves. They're all working together. Then behold, this is a vision that God had given Joseph. Joseph comes to his family and says this. There were binding sheaves in the field. And then behold, my sheaf. Arose and stood upright, and indeed your sheep stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. If my son had come to me and told me, Hey, yo, dad, you know what? I had this dream. I was all this, and you were bowing down, worship me. I would say, You are outside of your mind, child. <laughs> Let me, you had some really bad, you had some really bad fungus on that pizza of yours because you had lost your mind. But now think about this as you've got older siblings and you've got a younger, the youngest, this is the favorite, coming and telling his siblings, hey, you guys are going to bow down to me. Now, I want to say something about vision. Vision that God gives you, you can't borrow someone else's vision and make it happen. In the 80s, I got saved in 1991. And during the 90s, I got introduced to Dr. Barkley. And Dr. Barkley has guys that kind of follow him. And I'm not saying that's good or bad or otherwise. But you knew who Dr. Barkley's guys were because they all slicked their hair back just like him. You would know, man. If you went to a church or a conference, you know, that's a Dr. Barkley guy. Because why? Because here's what happened. Dr. Barclay had a vision that God gave him about how he was supposed to structure his ministry. And it is specific. You can't go down there and take his vision and bring it to the eastern upper peninsula and make it work. God has a vision for us here. I'm going to tell you something. I don't know of anyone in Midland Dow, down in Midland, at Living Word Church Midland, at Midland Dow that's going to show up on November 15th in Hunter's Orange. Could happen here. Expect it to happen here. Yeah, I'm catching church for you. Go get my big buck. Okay? So you can't take someone else's vision because a lot of times people go places and say, oh, man, I saw this great thing. It was wonderful. I said, were you blessed by it? Yeah, but we need to do that here. Wait a second. Does it fit the vision here? Does it fit the people here? Does it fit the culture here? There's a whole lot of things that go into that. What we need to do is we need to fast and pray and division vision from God and hear from God and go to the direction God wants us to. And let me tell you something. I have done those things. And so, again, so when, and again, so let me go on to verse 9 now chapter 37. Then he dreams still another dream. And he told us to his brothers. Look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time, the whole universe, the sun, the moon, the 11 stars, bow down to me. Oh, you arrogant thing. Listen, I can relate to this, because when I first got born again and we were traveling, man, and, and I saw this guy on TV named Jesse DePlantis, and man, he's a rubber-faced man. And, and I thought, man, that's so cool. I want to be him, so I tried to be like him, and I was a clown, man. I was a clown up here. I'm not Jesse DePlantis, all right? But what happens is people try to take something and make it their own, and it's not. And it's never going to be as effective, God has called us for a time, such a time as this. He's given a vision. He's given us a direction. And we're going to follow and obey that. And I know there's some flashy great things that our other places are doing. They may not fit here. We can always take biblical principles from things. But we can't make the vision that they have our own. We can take principles. I can, I can give Gary principles, business principles. I can't tell him how to run his business. I don't have a vision for that. But I know there's biblical principles that may apply, and he can take that and incorporate that into the vision that God's given him. And so let me tell you what happens. And so so then the vision is a framework, and then God, I believe, fills it in. And again, I've I've said this before. When we came, part of the vision of this church is to be debt-free. Godly vision, biblical Now, we've got to be careful with goals, okay? Because when we have a goal as a man, here's what happens. It's okay to have goals. Hear me out on this. It's all right to have goals. But like I said, if you have some kind of a goal that God's giving you a vision and you start putting man's goals on them and then you don't achieve them, here's what happens. And I watched this happen, unfortunately, in a lot of churches. A man has a vision, but then all of a sudden he takes and puts some goals on it. And what does he got to do? He's got to start, he's got to make those goals happen. So he starts manipulating. You start hedging here and fudging there. And I've got to have this. And, you know, we've got this debt and I've got to get this debt. So God, don't preach that because people might get mad and leave. And then the money won't be here to pay for that. and, And you don't ever have to worry about that here. You know? We don't have any money, so. So I don't have to worry about it leaving. You know, God, God will provide, God will supply. And I'm believing, I am believing for every person here for God to supply for your needs according to his riches and glory and abundance. I'm believing that and I pray for you, every one of you. I'm telling you, every week I pray for over you guys for that. Every every time. Okay? So we've got to be careful. It's all right to have goals. But you better make sure that, that God is in those things because it's really easy to start trying to manipulate to make those goals happen. I was, I was, this was years ago. We were pastoring probably five or six years into pastoring in Cedarville. And man, I'm just frustrated because I had this vision of how, how large this church should be, and it just wasn't happening, it wasn't happening, it wasn't happening. And God, God asked me, he says, who's supposed to grow the church? Well, you are, God, but you're not understand what I'm saying. And he said again, who's supposed to go to the church? Well, you are, God, but you don't understand. And then he finally, you know, I'm slow. So the third time he says, who is supposed to go to the church? You are. What's your job to do what you tell me to do? Do that. Do you know how much pressure that took off me? I don't have to worry about who's here, who's not here, who's coming, who's going. I just got to come up. Preach the Word. Do what God tells me to do. Try to love the people the best I can and let God grow the church. I am not responsible for all of you that are sitting here today. That's the Lord Jesus Christ doing. My job is to love you the best I can, correct you if I have to, do what I can the best I can as a man of God, but a man. Mistakes and all. And the rest is up to Him. All water, all soap, his, His is the increase. And when we have vision... It's the same thing. You've got to trust God for the vision. And here's the thing. Guess what? His brothers were not impressed. So he told his mom and his dad. And his dad finally said, look, arrogant one. He rebuked him. One thing I learned through all this, sometimes you don't have to share what God's shown you. Unless you have to, unless God tells you. Because when you do, you're getting yourself prepared for people to come at you. We're getting there. We're going to the pit next. But again, it says in Luke 14, 27 through 30, you've got to count the cost. Count the cost. When, When we were here and God called us to go to Cedarville... To, to pastor the church down there, we had to count the cost. We had to sell our house. We had to move our kids. We had to move our family. We had to change schools. We had to count the cost. We did that. We were here eight years as youth pastors. God called us down there. We got the call about coming up here. I was like, Lord, are you outside your mind? I don't have enough to do here. And, and I'll be really honest with you. Here's what I said. God... There's more people. And you know what people mean. You deal with them. Yeah. But we know that this is what we were supposed to do. And we had to count the cost. That meant, okay, we've got to change service around, we've got to do this, we got to do that. How are we going to do it? There's a, a price to be paid. If you've got a vision God's giving you, there's going to be a price to be paid. And let me tell you something. Just because God calls you to do it doesn't mean he's going to make the road smooth a.k.a. the pit. So, Joseph, his brothers, so his, his father sent him out to his brothers. Joseph was his home with dad, living it up. The brothers were out in the field, slaving and laboring away. And he said, hey, take this stuff to your brothers. Now, his brothers were just thrilled to see him, the arrogant one that said, you're going to bow down to me. And so, they were going to kill him. But one of them said, no, don't kill him, just throw him in the pit. Now, I want you to look at this pit for a second. The pit, here's what, it was a dark pit, it had no water in it. That may not be significant to you, but a lot of times in Scripture, water represents the Holy Spirit. Okay? So listen to this. He's thrown into the pit where it's dark, you can't see. There's no vision there. How can this be? God, you showed me that I was going to be this great thing. People are going to bow down to me, and now I am in a pit where I can't see. It's dark, and there's no water. There's no life-giving water in this pit. It's useless. I'm going to die here. Well, finally, his brothers, if you move on to Genesis 37, 28, they sold him for 20 shekels of silver, which, which today, $200. Now, some families, they've got siblings, they'd sell their siblings down the river for $50. <laughs> you know, $50, take them. Just take them. So that he got sold to Potiphar. Now listen to this. He went from favored to being sold as a common slave. Now, how many of you, God's shown you some things in your life and then, all of a sudden, I mean, all hell breaks loose and nothing seems to be going right. This is where people have got to understand. This is where the faith comes in. You've got to trust God. I had one time, somebody, somebody was going to start something and I thought, you know what, this is not God for you to do this. And they said, well, I'm doing it anyway. And I wanted to raise up and say, listen, I'm coming against this. And God told me, no, if it's from me, it'll fly. If it's not, it'll die. And you don't have to worry about it. You just do what you're called to do. And so I did that. And again, it wasn't affecting us in any way. So if you wanted to go out there and do that, um, I've had people come to me and say, I really feel like the Lord wants me to do that. And I'd like, "Ah, I've got some red flags and I'd check this and what do you think about that. And, And ultimately, it's not up to me. Ultimately, it's up to you to obey God. But don't blame me if you get out there and shipwreck. I try to tell you. All right. So he went from, he was sold to Potiphar as a slave, and then I'm I'm, I'm doing a lot in in a short time. So I'm jumping to Genesis 39. But the Bible says in verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. And then in 39, uh, verse 3, the master saw that the Lord was with Joseph. People will see the Lord is with you, even if things are not going to according to what you think they should be going. Just because things look like they're going well does not mean that the Lord isn't with you and the Lord can't use that. And let me tell you something. People are watching when you're going through difficult times and when the Lord is with you, they see that. But see, so many people get discouraged and guess what happens? They quit on the vision God's given them. I cannot, I am not allowed to quit on what God wants to do here. I'm in. I'm all in. I'm not leaving here until... You you either drag me out by my heels for the hearse or God releases me. And I, for right now, I don't see that happening. So you're stuck with me. For some of you are excited. Some of you say, oh, listen to that loud mouth. Thinks he knows everything. Thinks he's Joseph, doesn't he? Praise God. Yeah, that's right. You might be in heaven next door to me forever but now look at this verse 5 the Lord now look at this the Lord blessed Potiphar's house because of Joseph God gives us a vision and we're going to we're going to continue to walk that out even if it doesn't look like God is moving in your life he is still at work now look at this Lord Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was in it The businesses that you are in should be blessed because you're there. Quit bad-mouthing them. Speak blessings over them. Because guess what? They're writing a check every week for you. So go ahead and bad-mouth them, and then they go under then Where are you at? He was a... Listen. Become a servant wherever you're at, and you can't ever go wrong. Be a servant of Christ wherever you're at. And God can use that. And God will use that. Okay, and so if we do that and we need to live and serve as servants with a servant's heart wherever we're at. And listen, I know I have had some stinky jobs in my life that I didn't like. Didn't want to be there and I was like, "God, deliver me!" And his response was, "Not yet." Do you know something let me let me give you a great revelation. Christ is more interested in the character of this church and the character in your life than he is any position you'll ever have. If Joseph, in those arrogant days when he said, you're going to bow down to me, if God would have said, boom, you're in charge right now, I do not believe he had the character to be able to do what God had appointed him to do down the road. And I'm going to tell you, I know this is personally there was a time in my life there was a church offered to us in Grand Rapids, a good-sized church. I mean, man, we just stepped in and we it, we were set. I was not at the character level of spiritually mature enough at that time to be able to handle that and not probably hurt somebody. Because I was a little, you know, there were some things I had to go through in my own life wasn't pleasant. It wasn't fun. And some of it, I'm like, this is absolutely not God. But God still used it. Don't tell me that there wasn't some days when Joseph got, then he gets lied about. God gives you a vision, you're, you're going to get lied about. That Sue Christian Fellowship is a cult. If you're, let me tell you something. Yeah. If your car's in the parking lot, they already know you go here. So, there's no sense in trying to keep it secret. But there's a cult. I heard them speak in tongues one time. There's got to be a cult. That's a lie. I was in Cedarville one time before a service, and there was a guy in there that he'd been dealing with spirits all night glug, glug, glug spirits, right? And he found out I was a pastor of chiefs. What kind of church do you pastor? I said, a Bible-thumping, demon-chasing, tongue-talking, on fire for God, church. And he said, he said, woo! He says, do you, do you handle them there are snakes in that church? I said, only the dead ones. <laughs> it was a lie. But people, people, you have a vision, it is from God as you're going. People are going to lie about you. Listen, I would love to say that I pastor two churches and all these churches, all these people, in the church, they just love me dearly and I'm like, I'm not that dumb. I am not that dumb. There's people that say bad things about me. It's all right with me. I'm trusting him. And I'm not leaving here until he gets me out of here. Nothing you can do about that. I'm sorry. So, blessed are the persecuted. So the Lord was with Joseph. But let me tell you, don't think that he didn't have a few days when he gets lied about and he gets thrown in prison. Wait a second. I'm supposed to be this thing that everybody's bowing down to and I'm in prison. Don't tell me he didn't have a few discouraged days. If you're having a discouraged day, welcome to Christianity. I want to tell you, you get born again and man, everything is hunky-dory and everything's great. Matt Tucker back there, I hold this against him yet today. He came up with a scripture verse that he had to come out of his mouth. He said, and brothers are born for adversity. I wish he'd have never uttered those words. Because adversity doesn't seem to ever stop. We are, believe it or not, we're going to have that. Don't tell me, in the, the vision that God gave Joseph, there were some times where he wanted to quit. He would have given up. He said, it's never going to happen. I got born again. I was in Bible school for three straight years, and I thought as soon as I finished that third year, it's full time ministry, stadiums, and Lear jets, baby. Thank God it wasn't on a Lear jet. It wasn't long after that they found out those things don't fly safe. So now they got a new jet that they say they're going to be able to come across the ocean in one hour. Yep, one hour. I don't know who's going to test that one. It won't be me. 25 years. Later, after being in, in different jobs and different positions and different things, and, and every single, and listen, my heart wasn't always right, but I always got my heart right, okay, about where I was at in the church and in the kingdom and what position I had and whatever I was doing. Whatever I did, I put I, I was a drummer on the worship team. I was, and, and, and listen, this isn't corporate climbing. We don't have that, okay? My thing is I was just faithful in whatever God, I mean, when we when we first got married and got born again, we were hosting Bible studies at our house, and man, I was having to vacuum floors and doing all kinds of stuff, and, and we had this big argument one time about toilet paper in our house, you know, because there's some toilet paper, and I said, hey, honey, why don't you pick that up? She said, why don't you pick it up? And I'm like, no, I'm the man and I'm the head of the house and I'm not picking it up. She said, well, I'm not submitting to that. Your heart's not right. So we had a Bible study with rolls of toilet paper under our seats and people kept, they're looking at the Bible and they're, and long story. Yes. Eventually, I finally said, well, I'm the head of the house. I will take the lead. I will pick up the toilet paper
1: because
0: I'm much more spiritual than you are, wife. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And he had this dream. So then he's in prison. And again, he interprets a dream for these two men. And they said, if you interpret this dream and tell us, then we'll tell tell Potiphar and we'll get you out of this thing. And they didn't do it. They didn't fulfill their promise. Do you know the ones that I worry about? Pastor, I love what you're doing here. I love this church. I'll be with you forever. Don't tell me that. Do not say that. Because I sure as you say, I'll be with you forever. Because I just believe so much in what you do. Three weeks later, man, I say something wrong. They don't like, they get offended. Boom! Out the door they go. And they don't leave quiet either. Thank you. So, the Pharaoh had a dream. And all of a sudden, he realized that, wait a second, Joseph had interpreted some dreams for these men. Bring them to me. So he interpreted the dream for the king. And the king made him the ruler over Egypt, the most powerful nation on the planet at that time. It took 20 years to fulfill that vision. All along the way, he was put, I mean, he was betrayed by his family. He was in a pit. He was sold as a slave. He was put in prison. All those things, everywhere along the way, he could have said, I quit, I give up, that's it, I'm done. God, where are you? You've forsaken me, and I've said that a few times. God, where are you? Oh, you're just in a pit, son. Well, get me out! But you know, all through those things, don't tell me that Joseph's character wasn't challenged, wasn't tried, wasn't tested to the point where God gave him, and let me tell you what, through trials, wisdom comes. Hard times, wisdom comes. I have, believe it or not, I have I've learned a lot of, of, of pastoring through watching other people not do it the right way. Or going through some of our own hardships saying, well, that didn't work. Or, God, what are you doing? To have the character to be able to be where I'm at today. We can't despise what God is doing in our lives. <clears throat> and though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. If you do not quit, you cannot lose. We can't quit. Do you know... And, and listen, I, I pastor two churches, and I'm, I'm very humbled and very honored and blessed by that. And, and I say this, this church in Sault Ste. Marie, Sault Christian Fellowship, is a key to the entire region. It is... It is probably the key to the entire region. And the enemy has tried and tried and tried to snuff this work out. And I'm telling you right now, we are getting to the point right now where we're getting to that 20th year. And we're getting to the point where God's going to, this vision's getting ready to explode. And I'm already talking to Davine, and I'm going to talk to some of our other people. Okay, how do we arrange the sanctuary to get more chairs in here? And then how do we go about getting this wallet? Because I, I, I see it. There's not enough room right here, right now, for what's coming. But there's some things we have to structurally get in place. That foundation's got to be put in place so we can build on it. And that's part of that vision that I'm talking about. But you can't despise the things that we've been through. Guess what? It's, it's, It's made us stronger. It's given us more courage. I mean, there's people that have been here from the beginning. And let me tell you something. It's not an easy thing. People are here from the beginning and all of a sudden... I come in here and I start changing everything. People can say, hey, wait a second, dude. Who are you? But guess what? They trusted God in it. And we've got a vision of where God wants to go and what he wants to do. And people are starting to see it. And I'm doing my best to try to get it out there. But God is doing something. And let me tell you something, he can't do it without you. And so let me say this as we go forward. These people have been here from the beginning. And there's some people that have problems with them. Tough. Forgive. If they did anything wrong, forgive them because they're they're quick people to repent. Because moving forward, guess what? God's got a plan and purpose. I do not care about what happened yesterday. We're not going to, we will not make the same mistakes. We've made mistakes. We've all made mistakes. I get that. But guess what? Very interesting. We've got a church here, and do you know how many fractured people are here? They're broken, and they're fractured. And we're not going to have factions here. It says, well, I was, I was pre-Pastor Lou, Pastor Lou, post-Pastor Lou. I don't care what you are. If you're Christian, then we're going to forgive We're going to move on, and we're going to have maybe a little different structure. We're not going to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to make some of the past mistakes. We've learned some things, and we're moving forward. That's part of the vision. And let me tell you something. If you have a problem with God using people, tough. If you have a problem with God using imperfect people, then you best go find another place because there ain't no perfect people here, including me. Now, we want things decent and in order. I get that. And and yes, there's some parameters in how things have got to be done. But I want us to understand something because I do not want this undertone in this church, this undercurrent. Because... We've got some people that maybe made some mistakes in the past and we've come from this church split and that brokenness and this brokenness and we're all in one place at one time and and people saying, oh my God, they're here, what are they going to do? Don't have to worry about that. That's my responsibility. I will keep it decent and in order and if it's not, I will correct it. Trust me. Some people will get mad at me for that, but that's okay. It's part of my responsibility. But I, I, I really, I don't know why God's taking me down this road, but I think it's important to understand that that's part of the vision of what we're doing is coming together, being being healed, being whole, okay? And I'm coming back to the Malports again because, I, I'll just say it, they're lightning rods <laughs> for whatever reason, okay? But do you know, and many of you don't, are you guys okay with me sharing all this stuff or no? No, no we're fine. Okay. We came here, and I asked them to step down as elders. Do you know how many people would have said, I'm out of here? And I'm sure those thoughts went through their head. It would not mind. But what did they do? They submitted to me as their pastor, and they are submitted. Trust me. I've had lots of conversations with them. Because they saw what God wanted to do. And so, are they a part of what God's doing now? Yeah, they're, they're they're part of the vision. I've had other people. You're part of it, human. You're part of it. So you're part of it. I don't. I don't look at what you're going through or where you've been. Part of the vision here is people coming together and being healed up, made whole, and made functional. Now. Not every one of you is going to stand behind this pulpit. But every one of you should be able to do something in the kingdom of God and function. Well, I don't like the way he preaches. I don't like the way they teach. I don't like this. I don't like the way he sings. I like the way she sings better. That's Too bad that's not your call. You know what? I remember the days in the church where we had to stand up and sing to an overhead with no music, no musicians, no nothing. And if you can't get in the presence of God, this is a luxury. We're blessed. We're blessed. We've got a worship team that loves God. I know I'm getting overboard, but I don't know why God needed to take me down this road because it's been something that's been on my heart for a while. And when we're talking about vision, I have a vision here for international missions, for people to go, for teams to go. There's a vision here for that. There's local outreach that we're going to be doing a couple of them this summer that we're going to get into. We're going to get prepared. There's place. You want to be used of God? Find somebody. This man right here, Shilal. This dude disciples people like no other. He finds the down and outers that nobody else wants to touch. Comes alongside them, says, "Hey, I believe in you." And and and, I, and this is what, but. This is what you need to do if you want to go forward. This is where the rubber meets the road. And I've said this before, and I've, again, I don't know why. Maybe I'm getting myself in trouble today. Am I all right? We, I believe, part of the vision here is making disciples. That's the Bible commands us to do that. But in making disciples, I'm going to talk next week about evangelism Disciples sometimes with disciples You have to tell them listen This has got to stop in your life And this has got to start Well if you do that people get offended And they won't come you are not helping Someone by enabling them I am a big believer in hand up and we'll help you walk But if you sit down we're going to Keep walking and when you need help again You cry out God will come back And we'll help you but sometimes You need to be told that's wrong But where's the love in that? That is so much love. Yes. Cyril? Okay, James. Many of you probably are, but you will, please. Absolutely. We're all gonna be called. Mm-hmm. What it. it's saying is true. And when they get mad and walk away, that's okay. Because guess what? The seed that you sowed in them is incorruptible. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Yep. We are all... We are, and, and here's how we're going to... That's good. And that's right on. Here's my... Here's my... What I believe. We are here with our hands out. We will help you up. I can't carry you. That's Christ's job. We'll take you by the hand and as long as you're willing to walk... But when the correction comes, <sighs> okay, I'm going to get into it. I know I'm keeping you over time, but I think this is important. <sighs> Lord, give me the strength, because I'm going to offend somebody, and I don't want to. If you are living with somebody, you're into pornography, you are in sin, you need to stop. And if I'm discipling you, I can't say, that's okay, because we love you. We don't want to ever say anything out you because what if they don't come and they reject God? That is not up to me. My whole heart is desperately pleased. God will not bless you and He will not bless that. I want you blessed. Will you please, please just repent. We will help you get free. We will help you. We'll disciple you. But you can't be living this way and expect God to, to honor it. Out of, the, out of We're too much... We're, I might as well just jump in both feet. Too much, we've been too much with this word love. We've distorted this word love. Loving someone isn't saying, I accept everything that you do no matter what. No, I accept you, but I cannot accept that biblically. This is not good. You need to repent, get free of that, get clean of that. We're right here to help you walk this thing out. But please, for the love of God, you've got to get it right with God. I'm not Him. Okay, well, I probably... We'll see how many people come back next week. And I want to tell you, I don't do that with arrogance. Because it grieves my heart every time I see somebody walk out the door upset or angry or offended. My heart is as There's a better life for you if you just listen to what God's saying. How can I say it's okay when God says it's not? I can't. I can't. It doesn't mean I don't love people. I hurt for people. When they're in sin, I hurt for them because I know the destruction. I know the hurt. I know the harm. I know the burden. I know the heaviness because I've been there. I want you free. And of me saying, please... Doing that because God won't honor it. He won't bless it. Get free of that. And you can have this life and life more abundantly. It won't all be easy. But you're going to have this burden lifted from you. That's what my desire is. Not because I'm trying to be harsh. Well, there's no love in that church. That is love. Telling my child, listen, do not put your hand on the burner. It's going to hurt you is love. When they reach out, saying no is love. Right. Somebody's saying, I'm in this, no, that's not right. That's love. You don't have to be arrogant. You don't have to smash into smithereens. You can still let them know, listen, God can't bless that. We're talking about vision. That's all part of the vision of God in the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of God. Because you're going to see people that are going to be popping up here and they're going to be doing some things here. And if your attitude is, well, I remember when, I remember they, I remember this, I remember that, well, shut your memory up, because it's based on today. I had somebody come to me just, just recently, said, well, you know, so-and-so, you know, they don't want to come because such-and-such does such-and-such, and, and I said, well, what are you basing that on? I said, their past? Well, yeah, and I said, well, what has that got to do with anything? Let's talk about your past. Look at my past. You look at my past Past. You look at my past. I have no business up here. I was a filthy, rotten sinner. I was taking as many people to hell as I could go, as fast as I could go, and I was cool doing it. Yeah. Exactly. But now, bumpy one. And that blesses my heart. So I'm sorry you guys got a whole bunch of extra credit today. <laughs> but it's been something that's kind of been bubbling in me and it just kind of came out today. It's not something I normally do. And, and again, uh, thank you for allowing me and forgive me. I, I don't like to point people out. However, the reason I bring these people up is because There's been some things that have been they've been accused mistakenly, misunderstood mistakenly. There's been some things. Now, if there's some things they did wrong, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Probably so. But it's time to move past all of that because this is a new day. We've got a different vision. We're going places. And if you can't get over your fence with them, then go and see them. Give them an opportunity to repent. They will. I know them. Because their heart is nothing but, man, we want to see people free and loving God. And it could be me. If I've done something to offend you, please let me know. I'll be more than happy to repent. I don't have any issues with that. That's what we, that's part of the vision. That's what we have to be, folks. And I know I'm going to, I'm going overtime, man. Double overtime now. But I think this is important for us as a body to hear where we're at, where we're going. Because what I don't like is this under this underlying current about, oh, whew, yeah. But but what if what if but what if what if what if he lets them do this? And, what, what, what? Listen, I am not dumb. Well, I might be dumb. <laughs> I do hear from God. And let me tell you, there isn't a day or a minute in a day that goes by that I do not think about the kingdom of God and relational Christian Fellowship and Sioux Christian Fellowship and what needs to be done and where are we going and how are we going to get there and how God wants to use somebody and, and what who needs to be healed up and who needs to be lifted up and who needs to be corrected. All day, every day, that's what I think about. I see things and I know things. Just because I don't tell them, tell them to you doesn't mean I don't see them. I know there's some things going on in the body. I know there's some things. People that aren't right that are doing wrong. I know that. I see that. I understand that. God's gonna deal with them, or God will allow me to deal with them, but it'll get dealt with. Amen. I guess I'm done. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. Do you have something to say? Yeah, you might as well. Go ahead. I'll go short next week. No, this is important. I think this is very important. She shared this with me, and it goes along with what I'm saying. This is way off my message, but it's still part of vision. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Um, I I met with a lady yesterday that um, was a really good friend for a lot of years, and um, she's facing, unless God heals her, the last few months of her life. And so um, we got a chance to talk yesterday, and um, about some things of the Lord. And one of the things is she's having trouble forgiving a couple people from her past. She's just not able to at this point. And um, and I was just like, you know, I was just really wrestling. I don't know, I don't know what to say to her about that. You know, I know what God's word says. You know, forgive, you know, to forgive. And um, so as I was driving home from her house, the Lord. Um, Showed me um, a venomous snake biting somebody, and that is like somebody hurting you. The offense comes, and it like it latches on. Only this snake didn't just bite and release; this stayed on, and I just felt like the Lord was saying that that is like the offense. And as long as as long as you don't forgive that person, that venomous snake stays attached to you, continuing to put. That venom into you, and you get you're getting sicker and and sicker, and then um, and, I, and I could see people that had multiple, you know, people that are just so bitter and had multiple snakes on them. And then as people chose to forgive, even though it was really hard, that snake would release, and then that balmagilia that God would come in, put that anti venom or whatever you want to call it, and heal that area, and there wasn't even a mark left on some of them, you know, and so, um and and it showed me the importance, because I was like, yeah, I knew, I know God wants you to forgive, I know, I know, I know, and, but, but it was just like this really strong visual picture of how sick it makes you when you don't, and, and you know, and it, you may forgive, and then you, it comes back, like, I feel like I haven't forgiven them, this, every memory that comes, deal with that one, and forgive again, or, or however you want to do that, but, that um, that was just a really strong visual picture of the importance of forgetting.
0: Amen. All right, well, Father, we just thank you. Lord, I just pray that that, Lord,